Hello, and welcome to Easy Bake Takes the Podcast, the podcast where we read the one-star reviews of your favorite movies and more. I'm Kat. And I'm Riley. This week, we watched Neon Demon. And just a quick trigger warning, if you do decide to watch this movie, and we'll be talking about some of these things, um, you know, there's sexual assault, cannibalism, sort of necrophilia, question mark. Some very disturbing violence and gore. Also, you know, flash warning for this movie, if that's something that you have to look out for. This movie came out in 2016. It's an hour and 58 minutes long. It was rated R. It's classified as a psychological horror slash thriller. And we're just going to break down the plot before we get into anything else. Just, you know, if you don't plan on watching this, but you want to know what we have to say, you could follow along. At the beginning, Jessie, main character, moves to L.A. from Georgia after her parents die. She moves into a motel, does the photo shoot with Dean, meets Ruby, goes to a party with Ruby and meets Sarah and Gigi, and gets drawn into the performance at the party. She signs with an agency with Roberta Hoffman. She goes on a date with Dean and she tells him that she's underage, yet they still go on another date after that. She goes back to the motel and there's a mountain lion in her room. And then she does a test shoot with this guy, this photographer named Jack, and it's nude. Ruby and Sarah and Gigi meet up and they talk about Jesse. Jesse goes to a casting call with Sarah. Jesse gets the job. Sarah doesn't. Sarah breaks a mirror. Jesse cuts her hand on the glass from the mirror. Sarah tries to eat her blood. Dean shows up to fix her hand. And then Hank tells him to fuck a 13-year-old, basically. Jesse goes to the fashion show. They just move on. They're just like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Jesse goes to the fashion show. Gigi's there. She's also walking in the fashion show. Jesse gets chosen to close the show. And then she gets possessed by the stardom. Dinner after the show. The designer's there. Jesse brings Dean. Dean storms off after... The designer basically says Jesse is like a rare beauty. She goes back to the motel, basically breaks up with Dean. Woken up by a nightmare where the motel owner, Hank, is putting a knife down her throat. And then hears him breaking into the room next door to her, which has the 13-year-old girl in it. She calls Ruby and goes to stay with her. Goes to Ruby's. Ruby tries to have sex with her. She doesn't want to. Ruby goes to work and fucks a corpse. And then Gigi, Sarah, and Ruby kill Jesse. Eat her. Bathe in her blood. And then, like, Ruby bleeds out on the floor for no reason. And then Ruby's walking around shirtless, watering plants. And then Sarah and Gigi go to a photo shoot. Gigi pukes up an eyeball, which belongs to Jesse, and then basically kills herself. And then Sarah eats the eyeball and goes back to the photo shoot. And that is the end of the movie. It's as weird and not enjoyable to watch as it sounds. You know where that, that exact fact is reflected? Where? The budget was $7 million. At the box office, it made three point four. Damn. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So the director of this movie was Nicholas Wending Refn, who also directed Drive and Only God Forgives. Director of photography, because this movie is gorgeous. Oh, yeah. Artsy-fartsy. Oh, Absolutely. yeah. It's beautiful. It's the... Mm-hmm. This and Drive were, like, the annoying, like, neon mm-hmm. light era of, like, artsy filmmaking. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the director of photography on this one was Natasha Breyer, who also did the cinematography for Honey Boy. The writers, Nicholas Winning Refn has the story credit. Mary Laws also was a writer for this and was a producer for the show Succession. And Polly Stenham wrote a short film called Blood Rights. And then the cast, Elle Fanning plays Jesse, Keanu Reeves plays Hank, Christina Hendricks plays Roberta. And I just love her. I love, I love Christina Hendricks so much. Carl Glussman plays Dean. Jenna Malone plays Ruby, Bella Heathcote plays Gigi, and Abby Lee plays Sarah. Some trivia. This movie does get compared quite a bit to Suspiria, the 70s version of it, 
Um, and I would have to agree with that. Having seen Suspiria, it's from the like Italian giallo era of filmmaking, just very gory, mm -hmm. very like psychological. People also speculate that there are influence from The Shining, Mulholland Drive, yeah. and, and Carrie, those kind of movies. I'm also going to throw in, and this, this is just my opinion, when the panther scene in... Um, the mountain lion? The mountain lion in her hotel room that kind of gave it back to cat people. Oh, yeah. I see that. That's what I thought just for a second. Mm -hmm. I totally saw the Shining references. Absolutely. Yeah. And I don't know if this will have any poor reflection on Elle Fanning, <laughs> mm -hmm. but okay. Refn felt... Uh, no, Refn approached Fanning on the dialogue for the female characters to make sure it sounded authentic. Well, what do you mean? He, like, consulted with her on the dialogue between the female characters to make sure it sounded like real women. Okay. She was also, like, a 16, 17-year-old at this time, so maybe that wasn't yeah. the best person to ask. No. Yeah. I'm sorry. And just, I'm sorry, one person... And he had two women writing with him that were adult women. So it's like, oh, did she? Oh, come yeah, on. Consult the 17 year old. That's smart. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the, the next fact that I have uh, Refn felt there were enough films about violent men and wanted it to be only women in the film and visualized it as an adult fairy tale. The composer Cliff Martinez described the music of the film as like having the first half resembles like Valley of the Dolls and the second half resembles texas chainsaw massacre but to me it just sounds like 80s inspired sci-fi like mm -hmm. yeah he made it i guess i guess maybe he's right maybe <laughs> this is another one of those films we've talked about how we dislike this in the past i believe that shot chronologically it's always weird to hear that and the ending was improvised and created on set uh the eyeball scene just the entire ending of the movie. It was improv. Well, okay. That kind of makes a little sense. Mm -hmm. And Carrie Mulligan was originally supposed to play Jesse. Oh. Mm -hmm. Well, why, did, why didn't? Probably why scheduling did or something. I don't know. Yeah. She was in Drive, so that would make sense. The last two things I have are that the mansion they filmed in at the end is the Paramore Mansion. And it was they chose that one because it's supposedly haunted. It looks supposedly haunted it looks creepy as hell and then the last thing i have as a fun fact is that apparently refin would never yell action but instead he would yell violence motherfuckers god it's <laughs> kind of funny that's actually is. pretty funny it is okay so let's move on to our thoughts and feelings give it to me okay um i uh so <laughs> where do i start I, I understand why this movie is very so-so for mm. you. Um, this is why you picked it. Um, it is very... Oh, what's the word for it? I thought it was going to go somewhere. It's a rabbit chase. Because it's one of those things where like, oh, it has this message. Mm -hmm. And then by the end of it, it's like, was there even a message about anything? Yeah. Because I probably created more of a message just for myself. From speculation. The movie, yeah, <laughs> just than what the but then what the actual movie provided. The women in this movie are very catty. I'm not in the modeling industry. I don't know how people interact with each other. Is it really that bad? It, you know what? I'm going to bet it probably is to some degree. Something that I hate that they try to make Dean a voice of reason in this movie. And it's like, no, <laughs> no, no, no. He was a very soft-spoken one, if, if that's what he was supposed to be. Well, he, he, he stands up and tries to say, like, no, beauty comes from the inside and tries to tell Jesse, like, oh, you, you 
don't be like them or something like that. A little soft voice of reason. But to me, I'm like, no, you should not make a man a voice of reason in this movie. It definitely like has the same energy as like, you look so much prettier when you don't wear makeup. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's it's ridiculous that he was in a movie that's about like women. Someone else could have said that. That's not a man. I won't say I won't go into that one too much because I have some thoughts that pop up in the critic reviews. But mm-hmm. so for me, I thought this movie was talking about like making commentary about the exploitation of women in the modeling industry, especially young women or objectifying women as well. And then the movie proceeds to just do that. <laughs> And I don't know if that's the point or an overlook or I don't know. It's men writing women. I know there are women on- That's the thing. And that's what I had to remind myself. A man wrote and directed this movie. Mm -hmm. So it can only go so far. The same man who wrote Drive. Yeah. (laughs) It can only be so much. (laughs) It can only dig so deep as well. I I just want to mention this, that this movie reminds me of like- how we felt about Ingrid Goes West, where it was like, I see what you're trying to do, but you didn't go deep enough. Exactly. Yeah. It's, yeah. And I don't mean to say like, oh, a man couldn't write. But in a perfect world, the people who these films are talking about would be the people writing it and would mm-hmm. be like the people most involved in the creative aspects of it and stuff like that. But it's it's not a perfect world. Exactly. So I found that a little, I don't even know what the word would be. The morgue scene's disgusting. It was unnecessary. It was so unnecessary. Like, I guess it was trying to make commentary about like... I don't even know. I, here's the thing. I thought there was one. And I'm, I think it was like how Ruby was viewing Jesse. It's like just literally just a body. <laughs> that you could use yeah it it was so unnecessary my whole thing though with this movie too is i just i don't like how you know it's set up in the modeling industry men exploiting young women or objectifying them and like every dude in this movie was horribly horribly creepy yeah but it still made women the villain of the movie Mm -hmm. and i still i just don't get that i think that kind of ruins the whole point of the movie i agree the demon's supposed to represent narcissism yeah. I'm like, shouldn't it, shouldn't it be men? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I would think. Yeah. I would think that's the biggest threat to these women in the yeah. movie, but um, that's just me. At first, you know, at, at first glance, it seems like a movie that's like the dangers of women being pitted against each other. Yeah. Yes, exactly. That's why I thought it was going. And that's why I was mentioning like, the women are catty, but I was like, oh, but they're catty because that's what their industry requires. They have to be competitive. They're pitted against each other. They have to be competitive to each other. That's why they act like that. So I take back that like, oh, I didn't like how they were catty. I get it. I, I don't like it, but I get it. So yeah, I thought that kind of just ruined the movie for me. Like, I don't get the whole eating her thing. I, is it like one of those things like, oh, I'm eating her beauty, therefore I'm beautiful? That's the only way I could yeah, you're like, it's you gain power from like it, some of the critical reviews. I saw some people mention like witches. Oh, yeah. And like it's supposed to be like they're like witches and that's like part of their ritual. But mm-hmm. that part of it would have made the movie a little more interesting if that's what they were. Yeah. In my opinion, like if they were more obviously like, oh, this is because they're like a supernatural force. It's not just because like they're just eating this girl and it's not explained. But I won't I, I won't go too much into that. It's not my turn yet. <laughs> no, it's fine because uh, that was a that was about it yeah that was my okay. thing i would have liked yeah if they were more witches witches yeah that would have been cooler but they didn't even do that okay so i have i have a chunk of notes my favorite line in this movie is when dean meets the designer and he goes your name's bean 
<laughs> what a dick. What a dick that you're not horrible to say because he could have just, it's just so funny. Your name's Bean. <laughs> Your name's Bean. <laughs> And then, like, I don't know if this was intentional to make all of the the models that speak, like, and have a character name in this movie mm-hmm. look the same. Like, I don't know if they... I thought I, like, at the end, I was like, I don't know who these people are. Because <laughs> I didn't know. You could barely tell the difference between Sarah and Gigi. Yeah, exactly. I didn't know. I didn't know. Yeah. And Elle doesn't look much different from them. Yeah, she has, like, kind of a different look to her. Her face shape's a little different, but it's, like, kind. Of, she's kind of in the same, like realm of looks Mm -hmm. and so i was like i don't know if that was on purpose or like she's like almost looks like them but she looks better i you know Mm -hmm. it's casting so that's not really something they can like fully control but right the next thing i have is that i love christina hendrick so much (laughs) i really really love the part where she goes out into the lobby while talking like after talking to l and she just looks through all the girls points at one and is like you can go oh god i would cry oh my god but that's the industry that's like that's what happens all the time we're not gonna waste our time on you yeah you can go that part i was like yeah okay (laughs) jesse's death scene is so underwhelming and very cheesy like it's they chase her for so long Mm -hmm. and it's so (laughs) slow like they're walking and she's running with a knife Mm -hmm. and then like they do this thing after they kill her where they're like moving and it looks like they're trying to move as if they're in slow motion, but it's like not put in slow mo. Oh my god! Like they're literally like there's one part where Ruby's like moving her hair, and she just goes very slowly, like moves a bang <laughs> over. Just move normal. <laughs> like you're not. They forgot the effect. Yeah. Just <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we ran out of money. We can't do the slow mo. Slow motion. We spent the rest of this. our se- seven million on other things, <laughs> on all the neon lights. Yeah, we spent so much on neon lights. <laughs> No, I love the chase scene because of the heels. They're just clomping around on the hard floor. <laughs> I thought that was funny. I laughed during that. Yes. And then um, I don't understand the symbolism of Ruby bleeding out on the floor. Is there supposed... I thought it was like... Okay, again, it kind of goes back to a witchy kind of thing. Because like full moon, bathing in the full moon. People always said this is connected to our uh, menstrual cycles. I'm like, I don't know yeah, about that, but okay. But we don't bleed like that. I don't... I do. <laughs> if I was, God, take me to a I'd hospital. The oh my yeah. God, call 911, please. I thought she was peeing at first. I was like, ew. <laughs> I just was like, that's... Okay, whatever. Yeah. And then the dialogue isn't great, but maybe that's part of the message for them to be like superficial and the way they talk mm-hmm. but i'm not gonna give them that much credit there <laughs> i'm gonna say that was planned <laughs> and then she tells dean that she's like 16 at first and he's like acknowledges that it's wrong mm-hmm. and then she asks him do you want to go out again and he's like yeah well, he tries to kiss her too in the car that too i don't understand the logic there but whatever i get that like in instances where people know her real a- like don't know her real age and mm-hmm. they think she's like a 19 year old mm-hmm. it's like less weird but mm-hmm. it like doesn't excuse the weirdness like no model should ever be put in a situation where a photographer regardless of gender has them oh yeah like strip down and makes everybody else who was on the set leave that's just like a safety risk regardless mm-hmm. of how old the model is and he didn't ask her if that was okay he no. didn't ask her what she wanted to do or what was comfortable with no exactly it was just like that's another thing with like what you were saying earlier where it's like you think that men would be the villain here but like no- nothing nothing ha- like nothing Mm-mm. happens mm-hmm. outside out of that and it's like it's not that i want something bad like that to happen to her but like if you're going to emphasize men doing these creepy things but it never mm-hmm. f- they, okay that's what it is they're creepy but they never fully acted out on her mm-hmm 
Mm-hmm. Dean's supposed to be the voice of reason. He's doing the creepiest stuff of all. He knows mm-hmm. how old she is. Mm-hmm. And he's still pursuing her romantically. Visually, this movie is gorgeous. Oh, yeah. And then I initially liked it when I watched it the first time because I was 16. Mm-hmm. And I was focused more on like the, no, I was like 17, but like I was focused more on the like the visual aspect of it and how pretty it was. And like, you know, when you're a teenager, it's like, oh, it's, it's got something slightly fucked up. That means it's good. <laughs> yeah. I also like wanted to be a cinematographer. I was a photographer. So I was just like taking visual inspiration from it. At this point, I, I, had, I don't think that cancels anything out. Like it doesn't cancel out the bad plot or the bad, bad writing or the lack of a message that's like concrete, mm-hmm. you know? I ignored it then, but I can't ignore it now. Yeah. And then I said this already. It reminds me of Ingrid Goes West, but it's like another thing is like I had to skip past scenes like I did with Ingrid Goes West because like with Ingrid Goes West, it was just like secondhand embarrassment. (laughs) With this one, it was just like I'm uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Like I have to skip past the part where the with the photo shoot sometimes when I watch this like like no nudity is shown but it's like so tense and that's what pissed me off it's like you're building up all this tension like something really bad is about to happen to her but you're showing that nothing actually did no matter what your intention was to me that's you saying like oh there's really nothing to be scared of like men aren't the scariest thing out there yeah no that's what this movie kind of was saying is like oh there were women Women are worse women could eat you it's like no (laughs) like but is there anything else you wanted to mention uh yes i forgot to mention one thing so the makeup in this movie um Mm -hmm. there were a lot of makeup scenes where it well first off the photo shoot one it just looked like clown makeup to me but also like i realized like how smudgy it was and like Mm -hmm. emory like um jesse when she put on makeup at the end right before she's killed she's just fucking like a toddler with yeah, exactly maybe that was a thing too and maybe it was it almost looked like in some scenes too i didn't see it until some scenes it looked like bruises almost like bruising okay yeah i don't know i doubt that i get what you mean you know like smudged might not have been intentional but i get what it you might mean. not have been intentional but like i kept seeing it i was like it looks mm-hmm. like distress makeup you know like some yeah. like something happened the hair and makeup supervisor, I, I'm not going to take any credit away from them. That mm-hmm. could have been something that they intentionally were doing. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I didn't I didn't see anything about the makeup, so I didn't know. Right. Okay, so is that the only other thing? That was the only other thing. Well, let's move on to the critic reviews. The first one I have is from Out Magazine and is written by Armand White and is titled Lesbians in Fashion. Is it camp or chic? And this was written in 2016 and starts with, quote, For a movie about fashionable lesbian revenge, the neon demon sure is creepy, end quote. Okay. Um, Ruby is the return of like the predatory lesbian stereotype, which is kind of what I was hinting at with the like, you know, because it's, Mm -hmm. yeah, like trying to scare women off from having a more masculine air about them or quote acting like men, you know, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And then quote, reducing gay Ruby to a fiend and Jesse to an unlikable, if pretty victim doesn't mean the film is homophobic. But the emphasis on girlish treachery and foolishness seems misogynistic. No, I totally get that. And this writer describes the mean models as, quote, cunty without the fun. <laughs> There's nothing redeeming about them. They're just mean. Oh, uh, I love that. That's a good <laughs> one. And then that this movie lacks insight into the racial, global, cultural competition of the industry. So there's like more to it than just having the look. Mm-hmm. in the industry there's other things that people are fighting past and like mm-hmm. trying to work through and and then ends the review with quote the neon demon cheapens fashion and femininity end quote i agree i try yeah i tried to find more like analysis and critique ones 
Right. Because I feel like this movie needs that a little more. Yeah. So the next review is from Flick Direct, was written by Allison Rose in 2016, who gave it a three out of five, or the website also said that they gave it a C, starting with, quote, while we all know modeling and high fashion are hard industries with lots of backstabbing and manipulation, Reffin's take is more surreal and unnerving, end quote. They mentioned that Fanning is perfectly cast and that she, quote, portrays an innocence that is necessary, but at times she displays a certain arrogance that is fitting of a gorgeous young woman, end quote, as well as Malone being good at balancing the creepy and sincere, sincere aspects of her character. Mm-hmm. Um, and then mentioning that Keanu Reeves was underused. And I would also say that Christina Hendricks was underused. She was. Mm-hmm. We didn't need Dean. I feel like she could have been the voice of reason. I, I wish she was. That's th- that's that's my whole thing. It should, mm-hmm. There could have been a voice of reason not by a man <laughs> in this movie. Would have gotten the message across a little better. Uh, they also feel that the 80s sci-fi feeling of the score was distracting from the film's sinister tone. Also mentioning that it's not for mass audiences. No. And it, the, the film had moments where the author was befuddled and annoyed by the movie. And commentary was there, but the delivery was, quote, a little too far off the mainstream for me to truly enjoy, end quote. And ends the review with, at times, it makes the audience pity all those in the sordid game. But at other times, it just makes you wonder what the director was thinking, end quote. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah, that's, mm-hmm. a good, that's a good way to put it. So the next review is from Borrowing Tape by Carmen Wong. And was written in 2016, and Wong gave this a 4 out of 5. Starting with, quote, For better or for worse, this is a film whose cup runneth over with visceral and arresting imagery. End quote. Um, And then says that the character and stories are undeveloped, and the dialogue is stilted, but the visuals make up for it, Mm. which I've already disagreed with. Yeah. Then they say that Refn lets references and iconography do the heavy lifting and may fall flat for some viewers. So, like, the... The references of the industry and stuff are really carrying what's going on in the movie and like someone's Mm -hmm. knowledge of the industry and how it works is going to carry them through it more than his filmmaking. Oh. Basically. That's how I'm interpreting that. Doesn't have anything new to say about unhealthy obsessions with beauty and ends the review with, quote, for any woman who has struggled with notions of beauty, which is all of us in one way or another, there are parts of the neon demon that will resonate deeply. Jesse will get devoured, but not in the way you might think. At the end of the day, <laughs> the Neon Demon is a spin on old ideas, but its execution is, though not perfect, a solid effort. End quote. <laughs> so, I would cry if someone go, that was a really good effort to make a movie. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like when men write about women and they don't completely alienate and offend all women, they just get a little gold star on the forehead. Like, honestly, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think this, this the critic like literally did say like this movie's not strong but it looks nice so therefore (laughs) i don't i don't think it's that i don't yeah like you said you can you can critique both sides of it you know yeah they did they did it's a pretty movie yes absolutely 100 percent. but it doesn't make it a good movie yeah i can't see anyone above the age of like high school or early college would see this movie and still think it's good just based on the visuals (laughs) But if you're only individuals in movies, that's that's a more power to you. You'll enjoy you, it. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> this next review is from Salon and is written by Andrew O'Hare and was titled, Is Neon Demon Gruesome Misogyny or Brilliant Feminist Commentary? Can it be both? This was written in 2016. 
starting with, quote, modern-day Brothers Grimm fable that unfolds in rooms where black magic is performed, end quote. It says that the movie is deliberately disorienting, and when referring to how the movie is, is about empty space, O'Hare claims, quote, if the symbolism seems way too obvious, that's because Refn doesn't even see it as symbolism. He sees it as empty space, fields of light, and color, and darkness, end quote. Hmm. If, you, if you got a message from anything with- no, yeah for, that's not it wasn't intended <laughs> you made it up <laughs> <laughs> and then mentions that some people complain that the movie slides too far into italian giallo horror like i mentioned it has the the elements mm -hmm. of it and that it's like the gruesomeness from that era mm -hmm. carried over and some people don't like that and that's fine yeah i don't that doesn't have to be a negative thing necessarily refin did choose to work with female writers Senem and laws as well as natasha prayer as cinematographer so he still doesn't dive too deep into voyeurist the voyeuristic nature of male filmmaking exploring female beauty and rivalry it's less creepy because women helped him work on it essentially is what i'm getting from that i there were scenes in the movie where i'm like a man made this movie <laughs> i could tell yes. a man made this movie did you send me that tiktok or was it me who sent it to you it was like the moment i realized that something's made by a man, I stop enjoying yes. it. No, literally, like that. I knew, I knew a man had directed this, wrote and directed this movie. But there were scenes where it just popped, like a man like, made oh. this. I was like, okay, hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and this writer ends the review with, "It can be both brilliant feminist commentary and misogynistic softcore porn because those two things aren't mutually exclusive." Yeah. Sure, sure. Sure. I don't, I don't, I don't have anything to say. We'll move on to the, the most, like, dig into this movie mm, review. Oh, okay. This was written on Vox and was written by Kaylee Hughes, titling it, The Neon Demon Tries to Both Fetishize and Vilify Young Girls. It Fails. And this was written in 2016. Quote, it's a film about women made by a man that misunderstands and misinterprets women on every level. End quote. And then says that Refn tells a story about the confusingness of girlhood in the fashion industry, but fails to touch on anything close to the truth. Absolutely. And that neither the film nor Refn seem to understand young women. <laughs> and that Jesse is a wounded man's idea of a 16-year-old girl. Damn. I, I don't know what that means, wounded man. What is... Either something happened to you or you just like something's... Okay. Not clicking up there okay and then says that ruby's decision throughout the film decisions throughout the film undermine her character work and damage queer representation in media mm -hmm. christina hendrick's character is solid but her inclusion was too brief the dialogue of the models doesn't sound like anything that the writers heard come out of a woman's mouth ever yeah <laughs> yep the neon demon treats false narratives about attractive women being dangerous because they are a threat to w to men but also inviting these ideas in as universal truths and makes it like difficult to take seriously like saying that a woman being beautiful is dangerous because it distracts men mm -hmm. and it's basically saying like it's it, it's along the lines of like well what was she wearing it, it, exactly and that's what i was talking earlier about like the demon's narcissism like, it's the woman's fault that this all happened because she was too narcissistic. It's her fault. It's like, no, mm -hmm. it's not. Mm -hmm. It's the industry that men created. This reviewer believes that the visuals do not make up for the narrative and tonal flaws, especially since it relies on shock value. Yes. Yeah. And like, you, did you notice how the first half of the movie, it's pretty normal? As normal as it can be. Yeah. Yeah. And then like once Sarah starts trying to eat her hand. Yeah that's when it shifts into this like what the fuck is happening they believe that transition between those two tones wasn't graceful or logical and also 
mentions the Lolita reference to a thir- like that Hank makes to a 13-year-old. <gasps> yeah. Gr- yeah, to a 13-year-old mm-hmm. about to Dean. He's telling Dean mm-hmm. this and that Hank's grotesqueness towards Jesse is completely dropped for girl-on-girl body horror right around the time his behavior escalates. Absolutely. It's, yeah, it's it's pretty much every what we've been saying. Like, mm-hmm. women are the scariest thing in this movie. But also says, quote, you'd be tempted to call Hank caricature if not for the upsetting truth that men exactly like him are plentiful in the real world, end quote. Oh, yeah, he's an accurate character, absolutely. His character doesn't seem outlandish. That's what's... No, that's the whole thing. I thought, if anything, he's the most realistic character mm-hmm. in this movie, unfortunately. And then, you know, just to echo something we've already said, they also say the cruelties women inflict on each other are portrayed as worse by... By the movie and mistakenly believes women control the fashion world and the world at large no. and Refn, based on the interviews that he, he's given about the film doesn't see the issue with an underage girl participating in her own exploitation and that quote the neon demon's chief argument is that a 16 year old girl believing she's beautiful is a crime of hubris that deserves punishment by death Refn and his films are right danger goes hand in hand with being a teen girl just not in the way that Refn thinks End quote. That was probably the most, probably most elegant way I could have listed why I didn't like this movie. Mm-hmm. Because of those, literally everything they pointed out. Yeah. On top of all of that, like, the plot sucks. The dialogue's terrible. <laughs> like, yeah. the music doesn't match. Like, that just adds to the fact that there's no message as well. Like I was saying earlier with, like, Ingrid Goes West, that movie's gorgeous. It's a beautiful yeah. movie. Mm-hmm. Does it make up for anything? No. Mm-hmm. It doesn't. Just being alive as a teenage girl is dangerous because the whole world's dangerous Mm -hmm. and it's not your fault it's the world Mm -hmm. but in this one it's like you gave in to the narcissism of being beautiful so it's dangerous exactly like you did this to yours like you said like you it's almost like the message what was she wearing what yeah exactly you you deserve this you deserve what ended up having to it's like oh my god exactly exactly do you have any other thoughts based on what the critics have said no i just love the last one because it it perfectly encapsulates what i thought yes okay so are you ready to move on to audience yes okay let's start with a 10 out of 10 okay (laughs) this is from imdb and is from 2019 and is titled psychological horror slash thriller this movie is not for everyone if you're going to watch it i'm already telling you to keep your brain open to understand what's going on if you didn't understood what's happening it will be boring as hell for you it's not a general horror movie which is going to tell you its story in a straightforward way you have to use your mind to understand it also to people who didn't understand it please don't rate it then or give it negative reviews you people are spoiling the reputation of the movie it's an amazing psychological movie i would recommend it to everyone for sure did nicholas winding refn write this (laughs) First of all, don't tell me what to do. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Guess what I'm going to do now? I'm literally going to go on there and leave a negative review. Mm-hmm. That's stupid. And also it's like saying like, <laughs> oh, if you didn't understand this movie, just, you're just not smart enough to do it. It's like, no, there's literally nothing to understand in this movie besides literally what it's saying, literally what it's portraying. I think not liking it has nothing to do with understanding it. I understood the movie. <laughs> you did. And I didn't like what... I ended up understanding about the movie. That's the whole point. Yeah, it was a mistake for me to understand this movie. <laughs> you didn't understand it. <laughs> no kidding. Oh my god. I'll be right back and we go leave a bad review. <laughs> Just hear you typing in the background. <laughs> Ferocious <laughs> typing. Fuck you. <laughs> so let's move on to the first negative review. This is a half star from Letterboxd from August of 2016 that says, For a film of so obsessed with aesthetics, this movie is really fucking ugly and vile. And not in the way I think Refn intended. 
I don't think men are capable of critiquing the cult of beauty in any meaningful way. And I think this is straight up evil, misogynistic trash. Well, it's like literally what they said, like, I don't think men are capable of critiquing the cult of beauty in a meaningful mm-hmm. way. Like, I think that's perfectly encapsulates like why yeah. I think this movie just didn't do well. <laughs> For me. Which is so funny to me because men are the ones that uphold and teach what the beauty standard is. Mm-hmm. Like they're the ones that came up with this beauty standard. You don't know how to critique your own work? Yeah, exactly. Okay, so we'll move on to the next one, which is a one out of 10 from IMDb from 2020 titled Visually Striking, Nothing More. This art house film is difficult to describe without giving away the whole thing. The vivid colors and contrasts are appealing, but for me, it ends there. The plot is thinly veiled and the story could have been told within a 30-minute TV episode. It drags for over an hour before it gets to the little bit of story. This movie just doesn't have any elements of humanity or value. It is pretentious and almost condescending to watch, as if trying to be coy or sneaky. There's nothing remotely erotic in this film. It's uncomfortable to watch such a story develop around a 16-year-old girl, and it's just not entertaining. There are some good actors on screen, but this movie is far below their abilities. In my humble opinion, this movie shouldn't have ever been made. Yeah. I also, I don't understand the thing about the erratic, the erratic part. I don't know what they meant by that. Okay, I think they mean like none of the sex is erratic. None, nothing sexual in the movie that happens is ever erratic. Oh, no, it shouldn't be. <laughs> Which is, yeah, exactly. It shouldn't be, no. It seems like a reductive message, like that the idea that women don't enjoy sex. Who's saying that? Like, the movie. Like, there's no... No one's enjoying sex at any point in this movie. Well, okay, that, la- that lady in the war did, though. <laughs> yes. But it, but her enjoying sex is either pursuing somebody who doesn't want to reciprocate... Mm-hmm. Or pursuing somebody who doesn't... You can't reciprocate. Who's dead. <laughs> the poor... Who can't... Like, extra that just had to be, like... Good. Oh, God. I I hated that. That it generally... Oh. Yeah. Oh. But you know what? You do, do you get what I mean, though? Like, oh no i totally get it yeah absolutely but i don't know if that was the intention but that's how it comes off mm-hmm. also this movie like they made a point of like this could have been a 30 minute like episode it went on for way too long it did go for way i don't like movies where they take very very long shots of someone just like having a slight emotion on screen where basically nothing's happening it has to be like the emotion being shown is like like something's happening it can express itself like they're doing something (laughs) yeah like you're angrily cutting something like you're chopping vegetables and you're you're mad okay that's that's story okay i'm getting because there's a difference between having a character show emotion just because and having Mm -hmm. a character show emotion because it's character motivated like Mm -hmm. it's two different things right i don't know if that made any sense but it made sense up here i think i know what you're talking about yeah yeah Mm-hmm. Okay, so the next one I have, one out of ten, titled Worst Movie Ever from 2017. The writer and director should be put behind bars. <laughs> I'm not sure how could anyone could anyone have voted positively for such a film. There have been other bad films that inexplicably received good reviews, so I believe the film industry wants to convince people into watching them, and therefore a lot of these reviews slash votes must be fake. But I just liked, they should be behind bars. <laughs> Jail. Immediately. I, I just love how they're, they're like, any positive review is probably fake. They probably paid for it. I love that. That's a huge accusation. You love overestimate it. pretentious <laughs> film lovers. No kidding. Yeah. Like, they're out there. The neon, like, neon lighting era of movies, people, that was... Oh my god, they went crazy for it. So next review, 2021, Letterboxd. 
and it's titled Films That Are Better Off Be- Better Off Muted, dominating by an evocative palette of exceedingly high saturated red and blue colors, the neon demon tests Nic- Nicholas Winding Refn's aesthetic pursuit by revealing collected shots that go outside the limitations of haute couture glamour. It proudly features the superficial side of the world that's filled with brutality and jealousy while simultaneously exposing the futility of the fashion industry in the emptiest and coldest way possible. It's a self-indulgent and pretentious as it can be. Huzzah, did you ever see He May Drive and like Only God Forgives? I think I have, yeah. The movie's messed up. But like there's heart. Talk about a movie with no dialogue. That movie does not have dialogue like even a little bit. So I think it, yeah, a lot... Yeah. I think a lot of his movies are pretentious. Not not to call them out. Not to call them out, but... Yeah. No, yeah. They, they are. Like, it's... Somebody has to make the pretentious ones, I guess. I did like Drive, though. Yeah. And... Oh, I had a thought. <laughs> oh, did you? I did. Surprise. Um, <laughs> never mind. Um, okay. The next one. Um, one out of ten. 2019. IMDb. Elle Fanning is beautiful, but... Did Jenna Malone really need to have sex with a corpse? <laughs> That spitting into the corpse mouth and sucking it back up was truly disgusting. Oh, when the model started retching, I started retching. Thanks for that. Then I continued. <laughs> then I continued to sympathy retch while she puked up the eyeball, and then the other girl picks it up out of the puke and swallows it. Why was Keanu Reeves in this horrible in this horrible movie playing a disgusting character? The neon lights were migraine inducing and also made a made little sense in the scheme of things. I realized the person making it was colorblind, but the flashing light, the flashing neon just was just not necessary. Nicholas Winding Refn is colorblind, colorblind. Oh, and that's, I didn't know that. That's why his movies are so vibrantly colored. I didn't know that. Yeah. That is interesting. They, I mean, they are beautiful movies. Mm-hmm. I do like how this person does like literally talk about the disgusting parts of the movie. Yes. And they're disgusting just to be disgusting. So I'm glad that someone called that out yeah. specifically. That's really nice that they did that. Because I think one of the critics mentioned that like half of the shit that's visual is for shock value, not mm-hmm. because it's anything meaningful. Exactly. Yeah. The next one I have is from 2019 from Letterbox and is three and a half stars. And it says... Nicholas Winding Refn's films are always really good until the characters start saying things. <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah. And then the next one is also from Letterboxd, but it's from 2016 and is one star and says, can anyone confirm that Refn has actually met a person? <laughs> oh my God. That's funny. Yes. Okay. Back to IMDb. 2021. Weird and sick. Bad combination. Maybe they were going for something that I just didn't get. And then they have Keanu Reeves, one of the biggest movie stars in the world, showing up as a sleazy hotel manager, which just adds to the weirdness of the movie. You don't see the character, you just see Keanu. He's a movie star. Even in the context of the character, he's miscast. An incredibly good-looking guy is a sleazy hotel manager? Yeah, right. <laughs> but Elle Fanning, I love this. But Elle Fanning is quite good. And the movie is nice to look at. But the weirdness. In one scene, a cougar shows up in a hotel room in Pasadena, and the filmmakers didn't bother to follow up on that. No resolution whatsoever. Therefore, the audience has to assume that cougars are just wandering around Pasadena looking for a place to hang out. Weird. All that weirdness, I'm okay with. But the movie gets sick. So sick that I wish that I never saw the movie. If there was a message in Neon Demon, it's simple. If you're a young, beautiful girl and want to go to the big city and become a model, don't go alone. Oh, that's that's a good that's a good advice. Mm-hmm. Good advice. Mm-hmm. Um, I love how the first half of this is that they didn't like Keanu Reeves was how he was casted. 
which the is second, so funny because he the second person to say that i love that because i was also bothered by it because i got really excited when i saw his name I'm like oh keanu reeves is, and he's like the worst character ever um, and it is up to the movie he's not <laughs> no no he's like he plays it good oh, he plays just, a disgusting human being a horrible horrible like a horrible character yeah or person because he's never the bad guy no. i can't think of another movie where he's a bad guy he's always the good guy so it's really horrible when he goes full bad guy mode in this movie. It's yes. the worst villain you can think of or the worst person you can think that he could play. Because it's not like unthinkable villainy. It's like real world villainy. Oh yeah, that's an actual, those are, it's an actual people like that. Yeah. And it's just awful. It's awful to think. Not Keanu. <laughs> like, not Keanu. No, I just love that. I just love how they were upset that Keanu plays a bad character or like a bad person in this movie. That makes me laugh. Why would you even ask him? <laughs> That's that's a funny critique. I like that one. It is. Mm -hmm. Okay, so the next one I have is from Google Reviews. One star from five months ago. I felt like it had something in the first half of the movie. It portrays how the modeling agencies treat their models, how some, not all, photographers are creepy and will take advantage of new young models, and how competitive the modeling world is, especially as models get older. All good motivators for character development. Yeah, However... Oh, sorry, go ahead. You something to say? No, that's what I thought too. Like, I thought this movie was gonna, I thought it was gonna lead up to something mm -hmm. meaningful and like, yeah. But yeah. yeah. However, it got <laughs> bad instantly in the second half. There was no nudity, and in the second half of the movie, it was all female nudity. It was all perverted fantasy from making young girls gag with a knife in their mouth to necrophilia to lesbian shower scenes, etc. Finally, to top off the last 15 minutes of the movie, cannibalism, vomiting, to suicide, to more cannibalism, which was all unnecessary and gives no plot. This movie was supposed to be dark slash edgy, but that really works when there is originality and meaning behind the imagery. Absolutely. I was right on the nose. You can't, you can't just do shock value without reason every moment of the movie. Like, I get one or two to, like, get people in seats, but, like... The whole movie? Really? <laughs> The whole time? The whole time. Okay. So this next one is from IMDb from 2017, titled So Bad, Style Over Substance, yet again from Nicholas Winding Refn. Ooh, they called his name out. <laughs> Government name. Um, <laughs> please, Nicholas Winding Refn needs to take screenwriting classes. It's, yeah, maybe. <laughs> it seems he only took cinematography courses before he became a director. We get it. He understands pretty visuals. Story is absolutely horrible. The ending is something out of a cheap horror film. I don't know if we're supposed to be shocked or laughing. He is probably trying to please the weird art house crowd, but he is no David Lynch. This is nowhere near the brilliance or level of Mulholland Drive. And I thought his other movie, Only God Forgives, was bad. Nicholas Winding Refn seems to be consistent in all his films with the same formula. He runs out of ideas, and the ending always deals with some cop-out, sadistic, grotesque bloodbath. His movie Drive probably had the most potential, but he just doesn't know where he's going with these films. Why even have Keanu Reeves? Even in an interview, Keanu asked the director what was the deal with all the random triangles and everything in the film, and the director couldn't even answer it. It's just random. There is no meaning. I'm pretty sure deep down inside, Keanu is also thinking, what the hell was the point of this movie? I love people keep bringing him up. Like, why is Keanu in here? Why is America's I, sweetheart Keanu Reeves in this movie? I, well, like, this person's right on the nose because, like, you even said, like, the ending was improvised. So, mm -hmm. yeah, there, this movie does have no meaning. Like, yeah. it, it has no meaning whatsoever. And it's just, it, it's just blatant. I'm not giving them credit, but, like, they could have just made this up on the spot. When they were mm -hmm. asked, 
the three triangles like you know like try everything comes with like threes and fives Mm -hmm. and like that's like a demon thing and like Mm -hmm. there's three triangles when she's on the runway like that's an like a nod to 666 like mocking the holy trinity Mm -hmm. demon shit he could have just said that he could just made that up (laughs) i just gave it to you right there come on dude Yeah, no kidding. To not be able to tell an actor what the meaning is. It's kind of embarrassing, not gonna lie. It's very embarrassing. Not saying everything in a movie has to mean something, but I don't know, when you make it a point, when you make that whole scene five minutes long about triangles, don't you think? Don't you think it should mean a little something? Five minutes of that scene, like that, that was like a five minute scene. It should mean something. It took me two sentences to come up with something. Yeah, no <laughs> kidding. You just, you thought of one on the spot just now. Like, I didn't even no. think that when I was watching it. Like, it, <laughs> it just, duh. Um, <laughs> but anyway, back to Letterboxd with a two and a half star review from 2021. After carelessly flouncing around in my watch list for ages, I went for it and can honestly say that I'm still none the wiser. The Neon Demon lives somewhere in the void between entirely self-indulgent refin edgelordism and slick vampalicious beauty. The score is bland, the set design is interesting, the visuals are stunning, the script is uber meh, the women are limp, the men are douchebags. 50-50, cinquante, cinquante. <laughs> nope, I just can't tell, so I'm just gonna sit on the fence with this one. That's fair, that's fair to... Sorry. I don't even know what to think. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, that's the whole thing. Yeah, I totally get that. Like, if you, if you, this movie is a lot of uh nothing. Yeah. So, yeah, it is. Okay, so the next review I have is our last negative review. It's a one star from Google Reviews from six months ago, and says this movie is basically of just a very long porn intro nothing happens at the first half of the movie other than pedophiles sniffing the the main character and the other half is just weird porn i guess the real message of this movie is whoever wrote this should be in jail (laughs) second person (laughs) well it's because he's writing a minor in these situations yeah it's pretty yeah yeah yeah. the last review i have is a 10 out of 10 from imdb from 2016 titled breathtaking i am completely overwhelmed by this film there are so many good things about it Firstly, it is very soothing to the eyes. The cinematography is on the spot. Even though the movie doesn't have a big narrative, it doesn't really need more than it offers. Less is more in this case. The cast is well chosen too, of course. I think it was smart to send the message via a movie like this, fairy-like and horror-like, though this is more of a mental horror than anything else. But it was a well chosen decision in my taste. I would only enjoy it to be a bit faster. Overall, it just went too slow. I do not agree. Yeah. It is slow. I will agree with that one critique. Mm-hmm. But everything else, yeah. no. It's a lot of nothing. Um, it's a lot of nothing. Because, like, they, they said it doesn't have a big narrative, but it doesn't really need to give you more than it offers. What is it offering, though? Yeah, that's the whole thing. And they said uh, less is more, and I that should not be said for this this movie. Not the message they were going for. No. No. What's your rating? What are your closing thoughts? I will never rewatch this movie. There's no need for it. Yeah. There's no, de- no need to ever see it again. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm debating whether to give it a one or not. It is pretty. I'll give it two points for pretty. So let's say two stars. Two out of ten. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. That might be, seem a little high. What are you going to rate it? I was going to say like a two out of ten. I think, okay. it, you know, the actors are really... I think they're doing their best and they're doing their best with what they got you know visually it's very pretty like I think a lot of movies followed suit with Mm -hmm. this not to say that it inspired every movie with neon lights but I think it was a good use of them Mm -hmm. 
But other than that, it's it's an empty movie where a man is trying to make commentary on how beauty standards are forced on women and how it mm-hmm. makes them act. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's just irritating. This movie is very irritating. Yes. Um, I think that just sums it up. It's... Yeah. If, you know, if you don't give a shit about it being a real message, you might find something in there. Mm -hmm. But, like, once you just take any sort of criticism towards the movie, it kind of falls apart. Mm -hmm. That's really all I have. That's all I have. too. Yeah. Okay, well, watch this movie if you want to see it and see how pretty it is. Let us know what you think. Let us know if you have any suggestions. You can reach us at our Instagram and TikTok at Easy Big Takes. And... Thank you so much for listening. This has been Easy Bake Takes. My name is Kat. And I'm Riley. Easy watching out there. Bye. Bye.